tonight, Brethren Church, here in Henderson this morning. Uh, shall we stand together as we sing uh, some hymns together? Page uh, 560, Standing on the Promise. There's no other 
singing we call be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6 10 tells us be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You know it's just much better every year if I keep singing the same lessons every Saturday because some of us old guys that are 82, 85 or whatever the age we are we still have to be strong in the Lord. Some of you will be going to college age or up to college perhaps. And I hope that uh, you'll remember to read your word, read God's word, and keep strong in the Lord because there'll be people that are really going to make difficulty. Not just for you guys, but even for us older people. We challenge Thank you for these young people that have reached this point in their life, and others will follow probably in a week or two or whatever it might be. But Lord, you have a plan for each of us, and you want each of us to stay close to you, and your word alone helps us to do that. 
Sweet and I enjoyed the music. I heard our lady weep, and I pray for our church to be free to sing it, be with us, guide us, help to draw you and I as our church family. Our song is Well, good morning and welcome here. My name is Luke and I get to serve as the pastor here. It's great to have you here today on Graduation Sunday. This is a fun day. This is an exciting day. Uh, We have some 
graduates that we're going to be giving Bibles to a little bit later on, and that's pretty neat. And I'm trusting that you're aware that graduation is this afternoon at, uh, I believe it's 2.30, and so uh, something that, that's going on there. Um, I have a few announcements, and then we'll do a prayer time together, and then our offering. Uh, first off, just a reminder, next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we're going to be doing uh, some child dedication here during the church service, and also next Sunday as just kind of a fellowship time and to honor moms. Uh, from 9 to 9.30, we've, we're going to have some coffee and muffins over in the family center, and so you guys can show up early and uh, enjoy that. You're, you're invited to that. Uh, June 17 um, is Father's Day. That's also the weekend where we go to Timberlake Camp for the, uh, for the weekend. We do a church service out there for some people who are interested in baptism. We, they get baptized out there. It's really neat. Uh, don't come here. This place will be empty and locked up, and you'll feel awkward because it's Sunday and there's no one at church. We're all at Timberlake, okay? So uh, join us at Timberlake for that. Um, husbands, just a reminder that next Sunday is Mother's Day. Um, VBS team, looking for some helpers, some uh, group leaders. That information is in the bulletin. If you have an announcement for the bulletin, Joni is going to be gone. Those details are, are in the bulletin as well, too, but we would need any announcements by May 9th. I also want to do a congratulations. Lee and Janice, 65th anniversary on Tuesday was my understanding. Congratulations. They will be hosting a marriage seminar class starting next Sunday, if you want to know how to do it right. Um, also want to say happy birthday to Glenda. It's uh, Glenda's birthday today, and so be sure to say happy birthday on the way out. Kids, just a reminder to you that next Sunday is Mother's Day, and um, you should probably collaborate with Dad on doing something good. Um, also, we, uh, Kathy from Harris, Missouri says hello. Uh, Harris, Missouri is about five hours due east of her, here. Uh, Kathy lives um, uh, kind of out in, in the country there, and she found one of our Easter balloons. So she, she uh, was called the number on the tag and was like, is this real? Did you guys say, yeah, that's really cool. Um, the commute is far. She probably won't be joining us on Sunday, though. Uh, I think that is it for announcements, so if you would join me in a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll have offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for another good and beautiful day. God, thank you for seasons of life. Thank you that one season is ending, another beginning. Thank you that we can mark this season with a graduation this afternoon, with presentation of Bibles this morning. Lord, it is our desire that all of our life be used in your glory, in your service, that our lives would bring glory and honor to you. Thank you so much. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
going to do the Bible giveaway now. I'm actually going to invite all the seniors just come up on stage, just everybody all at once. We'll make a little bit of room here for you. Um, while you guys are coming up, uh, I also just want to say thank you to the youth leaders who have been uh, journeying alongside you this entire time. I know Brett's been involved and Laura's been involved and Craig and Christine, I, my understanding is you've been doing this since before uh, Taylor was born, yes? Um, so that's pretty remarkable. So thank you guys for that. So I'm going to step out of the way because I'm not first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Life is full of big decisions and questions that don't always have answers, but we have a God we can trust, so continue to put your faith in Him. Okay, Connor, Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do. Will succeed. This verse isn't about instructing us how to gain popularity or wealth. It assures us that God cares for us and wants our total commitment. So I'm going to pray for both of you. Father, we pray for Connor and Devin both as they uh, near a great accomplishment. And we want to pray as a church family youth leaders, that they just thrive and continue to put their faith in you. The Lord says, I will make you wise and show you where to go. I will guard you, guide you, and watch over you. And uh, just the promise that when you put joy in Jesus and uh, refuge in him, that he will guide you along your path and you shall rest. Kim and Isabel, Psalm 37. Three through five. Trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land and feed on truth. Enjoy serving the Lord and he will give you what you want. Depend on the Lord, trust him, and he will take care of you. Then your goodness will shine like the sun and your fairness like the noonday sun. And uh, another version says, delight yourself in the Lord. And delight means to take great pleasure in to adore, to love, to relish, to savor. 
in my prayers that Jesus would be with you in your shame time. And Korean, uh, Psalm 95, 6 through 7. Come, let us worship him and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, because he is our God and we are the people he takes care of the sheep that he tends to. Today, listen to what he says. And uh, just the prayer that your heart will continue to be soft to Jesus and know that he cares for you and will guide you along the right path. And Hayes, this is Second Corinthians 3. It says, Our faces then are not covered. We all show the Lord's glory, and we are being changed to be like him. This change in us brings even greater glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And our prayer for you, Hayes, is that you will, um, that the glory of God will shine from you, and uh, because you're staying close to Jesus. And so that is our prayer. And Craig is going to play for all four of those kiddos. We're very proud of all of you. Very proud. Father, I come before you this morning. I just want to thank you so much for this day. Lord, it's a big day. Um, it's a big day for these kids. And just thank you so much for each one of them and the impact that they've had in our lives and the impact that they're having throughout the nation today. Pray, Lord, that they will just stay true to you. They will continue to follow you and seek after you. Just pray that they will yeah, just have a good day. Enjoy it. Remember the things that they've learned through high school, Lord, and um, through youth group and relationships with each other. Lord, you just continue to, to work in them and to um, yeah, thank you so much for them and all that you're going to do in their lives. Erin, you have proven yourself to be gifted and smart musical, very adventurous. Uh, just the fact that you are doing this year abroad, I love it. That is so cool. Um, and I commend you for your bravery on that. Uh, it's also my understanding that you love to figure things out on your own and that you're very dedicated and tenacious once you set your mind to learning something. Proverbs 2, 3, and, and 5. Uh, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And I believe that if you find truth, it will be God's truth, because I believe that all truth is God's truth. And so um, continue to, to seek for that. And so, um, and if I were to give you an assignment uh, in your pursuit um, to start with the book of Luke. Luke was a physician, and historians, not this one, the other one, um, uh, Historians say that his accounts are just remarkable for their detail, for their accuracy, and that kind of thing. So read the Gospels, but start with, with the book of Luke and just enjoy the detail in there. Taylor, where are you? There you are. Uh, you grew up in this church, and you are many things to many people here. Uh, you have a lot of history here, and this church has a lot of love for you. You have proven yourself to be many things. Compassionate, musical, athletic, tenacious, competitive, tender-hearted, and eager for life. 
Ephesians chapter 1 has great material on identity. And it begins with our identity, but one of the first things that it lays out in our identity is that it uses the word adopted. Now, you have always known good family, and you have never known without family. But I would remind you that the most important family you were adopted into. Uh, It was not earned or inherited. It was nothing that you were entitled to, but you were adopted. And because of that, you now stand as a daughter of Christ. And so if I could give you an assignment, I would say uh, read Ephesians weekly for the next year. Um, And let those words and that book and its really its uh, words on identity really be the thing that that form your identity. A word for all of you before I pray for you. Um, These are great Bibles. I'm, I'm glad they picked them. It's actually identical to the one that I use on a weekly basis. You just get the newer version. Uh, which is great. Um, If I see you a year from now, I want to see that thing underlined, highlighted, coffee-stained. Like, I want to see it just mangled from getting shoved in your backpack um, every single day. Uh, Like, right now, it's all pretty, and, like, the pages are crispy and and that kind of thing. If pages are still crispy a year from now, like, that's lame. You failed, okay? So... Um, A year from now, this thing needs to show significant signs of wear and tear, not just because we love discipline, but because this is the tool on how we experience the living God. And he's very real, and he very much has an agenda, and he's very much on a mission, and he's very much coming again. And you will need this and the community of Christ to experience him. And, and that's, that's like the big goal. That's the big agenda. So I'm going to pray for you guys, but that's your assignment. A year from now, this needs to be beat up pretty seriously, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these graduates. Thank you for um, a season ending and a season beginning. And Lord, as they venture out into this next season of life, God, we pray your protection on them, your covering on them. Lord, watch over them. Guard their heart. Guard their mind. Guard their identity, Lord. May their identity be found in you, God. I pray that as they enter into this next phase of life, uh, that they would find good Christian community, Lord, and that they would grow closer to you. Father, there is a lot of love for this group, and uh, we pray that they would always know that and that they would always know um, that this is a place that that they are, are welcome. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for this group. And Lord, thank you that you love them more than we do, uh, which is hard to imagine, but it is true. In your name, amen. Blessings, you guys. So uh, as many of you know, prior to working here, I worked with a a missions program called TRAC. It was a 10-month missions program, and um, we had two months of uh, really training on discipleship at the beginning. Then they would get split up into teams. They would serve internationally with a long-term missionary or with a church planning team internationally. Uh, And then they would come back, and they'd have two weeks of debrief and reentry, and then they would go home. Well, during training, there were a lot of different things that that we would do, and uh, some of it was teaching, and some of it was experiential, which was actually just really good teaching. 
And uh, well, one of the things that we would do that we always got a kick out of was, was a thing called Feast and Famine. That's what we called it. On the schedule, we put something else. Um, so on the schedule, you know, one night was just like banquet night. You know, training is wrapping up. Hey, let's celebrate. This is fun. And, uh, you know, they, yeah, and they would get dressed up. And we would just, like, we had a blast. We made all the best foods we knew how to make. And I would waiter and we'd grill steaks and there'd be like 40 appetizers and what just it was just a lot of fun like it was a banqueting event and we would do all all the prep and all the cleanup and we would serve them it was really great um then the next night uh we would take them out into the woods and drop them off with beans and rice and just leave them there and that was always the best um, one of my most vivid memories, we had, we, there was this great spot, uh, this was up in British Columbia, and you could get into the mountains within an hour, and so there was this great spot where, where we would go. We had to stop going because we found out the rental company didn't like us taking their vans on, uh, like, logging roads. Like, apparently that's a no-no. And, um, but anyways, we, we take them to the spot, and, like, the last couple hundred yards, I was just ferrying people across the stream in my Jeep, uh, to get him to this spot. Um, and then we, we had just like a rubber tote with rice beans and some discussion questions. And then we were like, well, it's been great. See you in the morning. And then we took off. And just the look on their face was just way more fun than it should have been. Um, and we didn't actually leave them there for the night. That was a little bit misleading. And there was a radio. They, we were actually like half a mile down out of sight cooking up fresh oysters like in garlic and butter on the fire and just eating like kings and queens and having a grand old time. One time we forgot to give them a can opener. I, I don't know how they got into the beans. Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure. But, but they managed to get in uh, somehow. But it all, had, it all had meaning and it all had purpose. And that's because the whole structure of our program was actually wrapped around the vision statement. And the vision statement for the program was very simple, and that is that we want to be disciples who make disciples. And how we would break that down is that, so they, they had these, these two months of training and, and, and orientation at the beginning. And that was a time to be a disciple in that you were in a receiving position. There was no expectation for ministry. There was no expectation for you to make disciples. There was only the expectation that you show up, awake, and learn things. And so it was very much a, a receiving place. You were to be a disciple, learn how to be a disciple. Well, then we would send them on assignment where they would work alongside these long-term missionaries and that kind of thing. And there the emphasis shifted from not just being a disciple, but be a disciple who makes disciples. So on the disciple aspect, like you're still learning, but it, it looks different. You're, it, it's just, you know, there's not quite so much kind of teaching and lecture. You're more learning on your own and through personal disciplines, but now the expectation very much is that you take what you have been given and you give it away to others using your strength and your spiritual gifts and your skill set and, and all that other kind of stuff. But the expectation is that you're not just receiving, but you're giving away. Well, then they would come back for two weeks of debrief, re-entry, getting used to North America again, telling your story, all that other kind of deal. Well, once again, it shifted. Because we, this is not a time where we have a ministry expectation of you. This is a receiving place. For two weeks, the emphasis is, like, just, just be a disciple. Just receive. Just hear, you know. 
Um, we're, we're not expecting you to, to give stuff away. We're, we, just, we just want this to be a receiving time. Then we would send them home. And then we, we would talk about, all right, now you're once again entering into this, you know, being a disciple who makes a disciple. So you've been given stuff. Now take that and give that away to others. And we would teach them to say, you know, in life, you need this con- constant ebb and flow. You need seasons where you are just receiving. And you need seasons where you are still receiving, but giving away. I mean, really, if you look at it kind of in, in, in a micro fashion, you know, the Sunday morning gathering for you guys is a place where you receive. But then the expectation is throughout the week that, that you give away. And, and so we, we, we taught them about this and, and kind of this ebb and flow in life. Graduates, I was up here. You need to shift your focus from receiving to giving. You need to mentally shift from receiving discipleship to giving discipleship. I don't care where you study. I don't care what, what, that kind of stuff. That's great. Good to that. Academically, you're still going to be very much in a receiving position. That's awesome. Keep doing that. But spiritually, you guys need to start thinking, how do I give this away? And I know that for many of you have kind of been dabbling in that throughout life, which is great. I mean, you help out with the kids program or youth or that kind of thing. But there needs to be a very intentional shift in your mentality where you're saying, I spent 18 years receiving. Now I am shifting to a season of life where it's still receiving, but it's also giving away. For 18 years, your parents, the community around you, they have been discipling you. Uh, hopefully well. <laughs> hopefully they're teaching you to love Jesus and, and love church and, and, and to be on mission and, and that kind of thing. You need to continue to learn. You continue to need to be a disciple. But it's time to start giving that away. It's time for you to grow up into disciples who make disciples. Scripture calls us to be childlike in faith only. In everything else we grow up. Um, I realize that there's a lot to learn yet in life. That's fine. Um, But you do know enough to get started. Because you know how to call up someone and say, hey, let's connect. Hey, tell me about life. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what are your views on spirituality and God? Oh, that's very interesting. Hey, can I share, you know, some of what I've learned, what I've picked up, that kind of thing? Hey, you want to do some of this journey together? Um, To spiritually give away is... It, that which you have received is a learned skill um, that we need to practice until the, the day we die. But you guys do know enough to get started. For those who attend this church regularly, man, there was a season where I was really harping on, on our older married couples. I, I don't know if you remember that. Um, but, I mean, I was really laying into them. Find someone and pass on everything you know. We've got people who have been married here by the decades. Lee and Janet. Like, find someone, take them out for coffee, ask them a bunch of questions about life, and when you have the opportunity, pass on what you have received. And, I've, and, and, and I, would, I still believe this, and, and, and I would still emphasize this, for you to take to the grave these lessons and not pass them on is literally one of the most selfish, unhelpful things you can do. Um, 
for you to give away a couple things I want you to remember. You guys can all take notes. There's like pens in the front. Everyone else should listen into. This is good stuff. Very first thing uh, on what it means to be a disciple, to make disciples, is that Jesus gets your life, not just your sins. Uh, several years ago, um, the I had graduated from, from Tabor and, and uh, was that grad school for the sciences, and I hated that, but whatever else. And uh, But I ended up going to a campus crusade for Christ Conference. It was over the New Year. It sounded like fun. Good speakers, lots of college students. I'm in. I can be shallow like that. And so uh, so I went to this thing. It, it was really great. It was in Minneapolis. And while I'm there, they have the Millennial Pledge signing night. Oh, okay. So, I, you know, I go through, like, the handout, and there's the Millennial Pledge, and I skim it. Mistake number one. And I'm like, this is kind of, you know, it's like, I love Jesus, and I'll do what he says, and, like, whatever. I'm like, we're good. Like, this is kind of kind of your basic points of kind of your basic Christian life, right? So a couple days into this, now they have, like, Millennial Pledge signing night. Like, it's, like it's on, the, on the schedule. And so help me, for like an hour, they hype this thing. Like, they got worship, and, like, people are crying and giving testimonies. And, you know, 55 minutes into this, I'm like, this is a big deal. Like, wow. And, and so I think, well, maybe I missed something. So I, I reread it, and I had missed the last sentence, which is why you should always read the fine print and the last sentence. And the last sentence in this was, if God so calls me, I'll dedicate a year of my life to full-time missions. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know, everyone else has been thinking about this for like three days. I'm down to two minutes. Um, and this isn't just like, you know, I commit to being a good Christian. This is like, hey, should I do a year of missions? And so, you see, so I panicked. That's a good word. Um, but I knew enough to pray. And this is so embarrassing to, to, to share. But I'm like, okay, I should, I, I should pray about this. And my mind literally goes to, okay, prayer. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the ACTS acronym, right? Like adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplicate, right? I'm like, okay, so I, I should do ACTS. All right, adoration. Yeah, Jesus, you're really great. You know, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> like, what? And, and this little voice in the back of my mind, which I now understand to be the Holy Spirit, um, didn't know, yeah. The, it's like the little, and I'm going to paraphrase, but the little voice goes like, maybe you should just shut up and listen now. Good plan. So I'm quiet. I'm listening. I'm not really hearing anything. And I say to myself, do I really want to give up a year of my life to do full-time missions? And the little voice goes, is it really yours to give up? Because that's really the crux of the matter. I mean, we could unpack those two sentences for a long time. Do I really want to give up? Negative attitude there. A year of my life to do full-time missions. And the Holy Spirit going, is it really yours to give up? Because isn't that really the question? Like, whose life is this anyways? Jesus is so gracious. He will gladly take our sins. Right? That happens at the moment of salvation. Lord, take my sin. I would, you know, I accept your salvation. Awesome. You know what he really wants, though, is your life. All of it. And that means that he gets to call the shots. And that, and that he gets to make some of the, the, the big decisions. Very first thing, Jesus gets your life, not just your sin. 
Secondly, being a disciple who makes disciples means that we work with other Christ followers, meaning that we engage in the local church. You want to know why I love local church? Why any of us should love local church? It has nothing to do with buildings. It has nothing to do with, you know, kind of quintessential, you know, community, perfect little place. It has nothing to do with tradition versus change. Not even the people. Like, that's a bonus, mostly. That's a bonus, right? But that's not really the main thing. The reason I love the church is because Christ loves the church. And if I love Christ, then I will love the things that he loves. And time and time and time again, we see in Scripture that Christ loves the church. Going so far as to use the imagery of marriage to describe his relationship with the church, to describe the church as the bride of Christ, and I, boy, I, we have gotten pretty flippant in how we talk about the bride of Christ at times. Very few people would actually approach a bride and say the things to her that we sometimes say about the church. And yet this is the bride of Christ. So I kind of upped the ante a little bit. We are better together. We are stronger together. We make each other better. No one is designed to do this alone. No one is authorized to do this alone. Um, partly for our own benefit. I think mostly, though, for our effectiveness. Um, National Geographic. You guys watch National Like, which zebra dies first? It's the one that gets isolated. Right? I mean, it really sick, healthy, whatever, young, old... Whichever zebra, the lions can partition off. You know how that one's going to end. You are more vulnerable when you try to do this alone. Christians who do not engage in church in a healthy way are far more vulnerable to personal temptation, attack from Satan, and from the pressures of the world. We need Christian community to be good disciples. But I think the big thing, though, is really our effectiveness. Um, Christ came to fulfill a mission. Part of that mission he entrusts into the local church. It's not that church has a missions department. Rather, it's that the mission of Christ has a church. 1 Corinthians 12 gives a very elaborate description of the church as a body. Woven into that description is this clear proclamation that we are all different, that, that we all bring different strengths, we all give different abilities, and that we need each other for effectiveness. When one part suffers, all suffer. When one part rejoices, we all rejoice, partly out of empathy, but I think the big part of it is just simply because we are so interconnected. You cannot, you cannot be an effective disciple who makes disciples without being plugged into a local church. So, get involved in a local church. Don't ever stop. We're good? You write that down? Uh, third thing, critical to being a disciple who makes disciples, you will need to grow up into Christ through the spiritual disciplines. Uh, Ephesians 4.15, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The rest of the passage explains all different ways that we do this. Renewing our mind, putting off falsehood, imitating God, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, disciplines kind of sounds a little bit, I don't know, I'm not, that, that word doesn't have a lot of pizzazz for us. Um, I would describe it this way. When you are engaging in spiritual disciplines, it's kind of like you're hitting the gym. Um, when you work out in the gym, 
I mean, like, you still need to learn the plays for, you know, for the team you're on and that kind of thing. But the strength, the conditioning that you acquire in the gym, it helps you execute the plays. It helps you run faster, hit harder, throw further, um, rebound when you get knocked down, that kind of thing. Paul writes these words to Timothy. He says, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The two most popular disciplines are Bible reading and prayer. Um, But there are actually a lot of disciplines out there. Richard Foster has a great book on all of this. But all kinds of different stuff. Worship, fasting, memorization, confession, solitude and silence, celebration, community, simplicity. All of these are exercises that make you spiritually stronger and more capable in being the disciple who makes disciples. Fourth, in in being the disciple who makes disciples is living an obedient lifestyle. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Pretty pretty simple equation there. Uh, In the books and the movies, you know, we hear these stories of the great men and women of faith. Um, Hebrews 11 actually is just one big long list of these remarkable men and women of faith. Each person gets like a little paragraph of fame. Um, But oftentimes when these stories are told, we get this very big kind of brief overview uh, of their life that's given. And one of the things that always makes me a little bit nervous and and, and cautious, though, is that it gives the appearance that they were given one distinct moment where they could choose obedience and greatness and legend, or they could choose, like, disobedience and obscurity. And that, that annoys me because when you look at it in detail, that's, that's really not the case. Here's how this typically works. God provides a moment, a decision. He says, hey, will you do this bold thing of faith? And figuratively, it's kind of like we're standing before this door. And it's like, all right, am I going to do this thing? Am I going to walk through this, this door, right? God, I think God's asking me to, to walk through this door. We like muster up our courage, and we're like, "All right, I'm going to do this." And we open up the door, and it's literally a closet. We're like, "That's a closet. That's a very small closet." But, but you, you know, like you push stuff away, and you know, like, "Hey, there, there's another door." And then there's this other moment where Christ is saying, "Hey, will you trust me? Will you step out in faith? Will you do this thing? Will you open open up this door?" Okay, all right, we're going to do this. I open up the door. And what happens is that people literally just open up a door, walk into a closet, open up a door, walk into a closet, open up a door, walk into a closet. Eventually, this discipline becomes a habit. The habit becomes a lifestyle. They open door after door. They walk into closet after closet. And then one day, after 20, 30, 40 years, they turn around and they literally see a cathedral of miracles. Meanwhile, people are on the sideline asking Oh, like, why does Billy Graham get to speak to a million people and I don't? Well, it's because he walked through more closet doors than you did. That's why. There was no great moment that thrust, you know, Billy Graham onto the world stage. It was hundreds and thousands of tiny little closet doors. And you're just seeing the result of that. God is not going to entrust you with anything big until you prove yourself in the things that are small. And that happens through a whole lot of little closet doors. You want to show Jesus that you love him? You want to be a disciple who makes disciples? Then you obey his commandments. 
Okay, four things on being a disciple who makes disciples. Jesus gets your life, not just your sin. You stay engaged with the local church. The disciplines help you grow up spiritually. We show our love through obedience. Last thing to remember. I, and, and that is grace. Because in, in this, I don't want to leave you burdened. Um, this isn't about go out and try harder. Um, I, I once heard one guy joke that the, the typical three-point sermon is God's great, you suck, try harder. Um, that's not what we're going for here. I've given you practical things because I value practical things and and everything that we've talked about is biblical. But here's the final thing that I want you to remember and that is grace. Grace when you feel that you haven't done enough. Grace when you're feeling low and brokenhearted. Grace when you didn't walk through the closet door. Grace to know that you are loved and valued just as you are and that you do not grow in... like. Your good behavior doesn't mean that Christ loves you more. Like, he's already pretty well maxed out on that scale, okay? Grace to to know that that you're loved and valued. And and grace to give to others when you feel that they've, they've let you down. Always assume, when you are in a room full of people, always assume that you have consumed more grace than anyone else in that room. Because doing so will keep your heart and your mind centered and it will make you one of the most gracious, grace-giving, and I would even say magnetic people in that room. When we understand how much grace we have consumed, we are far, far more generous in extending grace to others. So for all of you, not just graduates, may all of you, may you always kind of ebb and flow in between that being a disciple where you get to receive but also in being the disciple who, uh, who makes disciples where it's, it's a time of, of giving away. And to the graduates, I say, welcome to adulthood, and it's time to start giving away. Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, you are so gracious to us. Um, Lord, we're, we, we fail a lot. And we recognize that, and we, we repent of that. But, Lord, at the same time, you are so gracious. You are so faithful. Lord, it doesn't matter how far we've journeyed away from you. We turn around, and you are right there. And so we thank you, Lord. God, again, we pray for these graduates as they transition into a new season of life. Lord, I, I pray over each one of them that they would be disciples who make disciples, and that their life would be marked by giving away what they have received. Lord, for all of us here this morning, Lord, may we be disciples who make disciples. May we ebb and flow between receiving and giving away what we have received. And Lord, I pray that the number one thing that, that we give away is grace, because we consume so much of it, Lord. May it be the thing that we are most generous in giving away to others. And Lord, for, for those amongst us who have acquired wisdom and experience in life and marriage and spirituality, Lord, I, I pray that we would seek someone out and say, hey, let's go for coffee. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to share mine with you. Lord, you are beautiful. 
You are gracious, and we love you so dearly. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. In closing, let's stand and sing the song, Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Jesus, blessed Jesus.